Hey, we're live again. Let's. Are you wearing the same clothes that you did in last week's episode? I am. Me too. Am. You are. And I'm <laughs> in the exact same position. I've barely shifted. So, <laughs> so uh, weird. yeah, I know. I know, right? Well, welcome back to The Real Investing Show. Um, my name is Stephen Earp uh, and my co-host, Taylor Davis. And um, if you, uh, wherever you're watching this from, let us know in the comments who you are, where you're from. And, uh, and also, if you have any questions about real estate or uh, real estate investing um, or investing in general, I would love to try to the best we can to answer any questions you might have. Uh, for this episode, we're going to talk about um, ROE, return on equity. And this is not a common uh, term. It's not a common phrase that you hear about, but return on equity. So we're just going to kind of go back and forth and define a few terms for you. Um, Taylor, first of all, when someone uses the term equity, what does equity mean when we're talking about real estate? Equity is the value. Uh, the diff uh, Equity would be the difference between the value of the home and what you owe on it. So the amount of value that is in the home that if you sold, you'd be able to turn into liquidity or to cash. Okay. So equity is basically... If you sell the house and pay off the loan, how much money do you have left? Yep. Um, and so when we're talking about now, we talk we, we talk a lot about return on investment. Investment. But um, and a return on investment would be return on investment would be like how much money am I getting back based off how much am I putting in? So if I invest a hundred thousand dollars, how much am I getting back every year? You know, a ten percent return would be on investment would be $10,000 a year on my $100,000 investment. Yeah. Um, and, and in real estate, you can get much higher returns than that just because you can borrow against it. So I can buy a $100,000 asset, put $20,000 down yeah. and, and potentially make more. So, yeah. So, um, so the so, different, go ahead. So yeah. And then return on equity is really something that you just see in real estate, or at least that I've really ever seen. Um, and that is this mind, this, this, this kind of thought process of how much money would I have to invest if I sold this asset or if I did a cash out refi or something, if I took that equity out, yeah. what could I then do? And so you start to compare the asset that you have with the equity you have and how it is performing and how much it is bringing in <coughs> versus, Hey, if I sold this asset and then took that money and bought two or three other assets, what mm -hmm. would I be able to get out of that? And so that's, that's that comparing that return on equity to, to decide what is the best thing? Do you hold, do you, do you hold it? Do yeah. you, do you sell it? Do you, do you hold it? You fold it? Do you know when to walk away? Can you sing a little, a little, no and to hold them, no and to fold them. I don't, I'm not good. Okay. That was great. I mean, <laughs> was it? That was probably the first time we've had music on our podcast ever. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So you are considering, or you're looking to sell a couple of your Airbnbs because yep. they're not giving you a sufficient return on equity. Correct. So, so you, first of all, um, like, where did you, let me just ask some questions. Is that cool? Yeah, please. Uh, 
Al, where did you get these Airbnbs? Uh, one of them was on the MLS in 2020, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, 2020, maybe. No, 2020. Uh, bought it, remodeled it, and it's been an Airbnb performing in our portfolio since then. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it's a two-bedroom, one-and-a-half bath. I got it on the MLS for $60,000, I think. It needed a ton of work. Yeah. Um, we put about, I want to think we put about 50 into it. I'd have to go back and look. So I think all in all, after financing and everything, we had roughly $110,000 in this. Um, however, my loan is only for like 50, I think 52. Yeah. And uh, today I feel like I could get that sold for roughly 165, maybe 170. Yeah. 165, 170. Um, so after paying everything off and closing costs, I'm going to end up with a little over $100,000 in equity there. Gotcha. Um, and what we're seeing, we have 11 Airbnbs. Uh-huh. And what we're seeing is our our two bedroom, one baths just aren't performing near as well as like a three bedroom, two bath or a four or five bedroom. We have two five bedrooms that do really, really well. Mm-hmm. And so um, in looking at those numbers, we're going, well, should we keep the two bedroom or should we sell it and move it to a three or four or five bedroom? Right. Right. So you decided you're going to sell the two bedroom Airbnbs. Yep. So I'm going to sell uh, two of them. We have three. One's performing pretty well, but it's um, no, I take that back. It's a three bedroom. Just kidding. Uh, we converted it from a two bedroom to a three bedroom. So I forget about that. Uh, so yeah, the two that were, were, we're selling the other one. We actually just bought maybe four or five months ago. Um, and it was a, uh, actually a real estate agent brought it to me. It was about, it was about to hit the market and a real estate agent brought it to me and, and said, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? And we ended up partnering on that. Um, and it's this really cool art deco home on campus. I love it. It's exciting. <laughs> Uh, yet it's just not performing as well as it should be. And so we looked at the numbers and we had about $75,000 in equity mm-hmm. after the remodel and everything. So, or that in profit is what we're going to be getting. Um, but we've even got more than that in equity. So we both looked at that and decided, you know what, maybe we should go ahead and, and sell this and then we can go, go buy a new one. Yeah. Okay. So you made the hard decision to sell two of them and then you're going to, what will you do? So you'll end up with about $170,000 equity. Yeah. $170,000 cash. Cash. What do you plan to do with that? So um, ideally, if we can find the right thing, we want to do a 1031 tax exchange. So okay. a 1031 tax exchange allows you to buy another like asset. And uh, so another real estate uh, property and, uh, and, continue to defer taxes. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've, so instead of seeing this profit of $170,000 that I have to pay capital gains on, yeah, uh, we can move it to another asset. So ideally, you know, we're in the process of looking for something. The downside, I'm going to give a little advice here. If you can do a 1031 tax exchange, you should do it. It's an amazing way to defer your uh, your tax consequences. And if you do it your whole life, then you never have to really realize those tax consequences. Um, 
the downside to a 1031 tax exchange is from the day you close, you can't touch that money. It goes into a third party account that you can't touch. And you have 45 days to identify the new property that you're buying. And, uh, and so the mistake some people make is they end up not buying a good deal uh, just so they avoid paying taxes. I personally would rather pay as much as I don't like paying too much in taxes. I'd rather pay some in taxes and get great deals than make a bad decision and just buy something to park my money. Does yep. that make sense? Yep. So yep. ideally right now we're looking for, and I would love commercial. That's really what we're, we're right. looking for. Right. Uh, but if, if the right residential deal were to pop up or right. the right house that I think would be an Airbnb, we'll move it into that. Right. And, uh, and if we can't in that first 45 days, we're going to uh, pay it down uh, a line of credit that we have so that we have that ac access to that cash when the right deal comes along. Gotcha. So if you, so basically what you're going to do, you're going to be, you're, and you're always looking for deals. Right. It's not like you start late. And then that's one thing too, if on the 1031 exchange, if, if someone's got some investments sitting there and they're not actively looking for properties, it's probably gonna be harder for them. But you, right. you're always looking at deals, looking for deals. You're selling deals, and if anybody's gonna find a deal, it'll be you. And I'm an, I'm an addict when it comes yeah. to trying to find deals. Yeah. So, so what you'll do is your 45 days will start if you have not identified something by 45 days. And I'm sure you'll bust your tail between, you know, in that time frame to try to find something. Then you're gonna take that and pay down on a line of credit and and just park it there until. Right. Yeah. But I, and again, you want to buy something with equity. I want to find a good deal that's going to have some of that equity because then I could borrow. <laughs> so let, let's say, let's say I've found a, a $200,000 house and I have this yeah. 175,000. So I'll go buy that $200,000 house. Yeah. But I want to buy really what I want to do is buy a $250,000 house at 200,000. Right. So yeah. I've got some equity there. And now I'll put that money in there. Then I can go borrow against the $250,000 house. Yeah. Get a lot of that money back. Um, I'll, you know, my cash flow will be less, but I'll, I'll have that money back. Right. I can pay down a line of credit because I, I like to have the ability to close on a deal when that deal pops up and I mm. want to be able to pay cash for it. So I like to keep a line of credit available if possible. Yeah. Yeah, I'm run. I've mistakenly run into this recently, where I've got all my cash tied up in several deals, and I've got a deal I really would like to buy and close on right now, you know. And yeah. but I don't have enough liquidity, and it's like now I'm, I'm I'm fighting all these battles that are unnecessary if you just have the cash or line of credit sitting there. So yeah, well the <laughs> that's the that's the ongoing battle. If you're mm -hmm. really good at finding deals. You mm -hmm. never have cash or you rarely have cash because yeah. your cash goes into these deals. It's, it's the, it's the uh, real estate investors dilemma, right? Like the, these really wealthy people that have no money. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if I'm really wealthy, but um, I, when there's, when there's deal, when there are deals I can, and I can move them along faster if I just use cash, then it, right. It's hard for me to not do that. Right. And when I get down, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where'd my oh, money I got to go. I guess where'd, I got to go get some my, yeah, cash back out. Yeah. Where'd my money go? All right. So, um, yeah. So, but, 
okay. So anything else? So how do you, I mean, did you, do, do you like have a system for going through your properties to determine the return on equity or did you just, you know, I don't, I, I have, okay. So I track my numbers on the Airbnbs. So, mm -hmm. so we're constantly looking at, you know, what is, what is profitable? What's not profitable, by the way, I've got, um, you know, properties that have unique value propositions tend to do the best. That's why I was a little surprised about the fits, uh, the art deco. Cause it's this kind of unique property that I thought would do well. Um, but in, in other cases, unique, cute properties do really well. And so we, we try to look for certain things that are just going to stand out on Airbnb. Um, mm -hmm. and then, so we're, we'll sell these assets and buy other assets that are more along those lines. The bedrooms is definitely one of those things that we're realizing makes a difference. Yeah. Um, so the system is to track your profitability. Now, if you've got a long-term rental and it, they're paying every month, you can know what that is. And then I keep a, um, I keep a, a net worth tracker that mm -hmm. I go through um, about every other month and update. Yeah. And so yeah. that kind of shows the properties that I have, how much, um, how much I owe on that property, estimated value, est you know, estimated equity. <laughs> So then I can look on that and kind of compare notes and go, well, this one's only make, you know, only made us, you know, $2,000 so far this year after we've paid all of our expenses. That's not very good. Or, and then, so maybe we move over, like, let's sell that asset, move it into a different uh, category, either buying another long-term rental or buying another Airbnb that's going to be a better performer. Yeah. Okay, good. So right. not exactly a system, but I, I do review my numbers. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Well, it makes a lot of sense. So this is a, honestly, this is a concept I hadn't thought a lot about until this year was return on equity. And um, it's a, it's an important thing to consider when building wealth, you know, right. In the past, I just, I had long-term rentals and over time they would increase in value and the, the payment would go down and I would tr I'd track my net worth that way. But the idea that I'm not leveraging the equity that I have in the, you know, the, the optimal way. I'd never even considered that for decades until this year. So, yeah, well, and it's just, okay. So like the $175,000 that I'm getting out of two Airbnbs, right. Out of two yeah. properties that are, that are renting. Um, I could theoretically go buy what four or five different properties. If I were putting just 20% yeah. down now, yeah. all of a sudden I'm going to get five times the appreciation. I'm going to get five times the tax benefit. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to probably have the same or slightly greater cash flow. So right. when you start doing that, and so I think a lot of people, and listen, there's different strategies and you need to know what is your strategy. Like for me, I am at a at an age where I'm willing to risk a little bit more uh, and, and, and to get a greater return. Right. Mm -hmm. um, if I go like even at my um, my financial planner, I'm in a high I, I chose to go into a high risk category uh, because I want the greater returns. And I know that I have the opportunity for greater losses, but I'm at an age where I'm going to be able to recover before I retire. Mm -hmm. If you're borderline retirement, paying down debt may be important to you. So you just have that stability and you feel comfortable with it. And you're not worried about what if this goes uh, a couple months unrented and now I'm paying this, this debt. 
so I think you got to look at that and, and, and your risk to reward. But a lot of people want to pay down debt and they think that that's the way to do it. And I really don't think that that's the best way. The best way, in my opinion, is to leverage someone else's money and allow you to reap the benefits of it. That's how every other business worked or major business out there has worked. So um, this is a way to evaluate that. Cool. I love it. So, well, thanks for educating our audience, bro, on return on investment uh, and return on equity and the differences of it and uh, how to assess that. So I think it's a great strategy. So well done. Good luck with selling. All right. All right. Thank, Thank you, sir. You. Thank you guys so much for watching and uh, pass along your questions about real estate, real estate investing. We'll do our best to answer as many as we can. God bless. Mm -hmm.